Silver seals the league for City as the beast for the East hits the UK. It's the 88th edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, coming to you all once again on the 6th of March 2018. The UK is very much recovering from a weekend of snow, but the games all still went ahead, so we're going to be reviewing those today. First of all, welcoming back a man, well and truly in his element for those two days, the Iceman. <laughs> Thank you. For, to be honest, I don't actually like snow. It just it ruins everything. It halts everything up. You can't go out. You can't get out of the house. You end up walking in the street, falling over, or is that just me? It's it's not the best. I, I don't enjoy it. I think it's just an interference snow. Even though you like very, very cold temperatures when like on holiday in Spain. Yeah, I like it cold, but <laughs> just not, not snowy. No. I thought you were trying to do some kind of weather spell to get the Arsenal game called off, but that didn't really work, did it? <laughs> if only we could get all the Arsenal games called off, that would... That would so bitter. Yeah. Yeah, great to great to be back with you all once again, Bully here. And uh, to add to the the Arsenal gl- uh, gloom fest, I suppose for this podcast, we have another gunner as a guest with us. We've got Mr. David Isaac, FPL legend, dad, husband, poker player, sushi and cheesecake lover. He's been playing for around ten years. He's had four top ten k finishes including 573rd and he's in the top 100 this season. Very very impressive resume there. Welcome to the podcast, David. Hi guys, thanks for having me. I wish you didn't mention I was an Arsenal fan. It's going to seem like a depressing, <laughs> depressing podcast with us three now. It's going to be very dreary, isn't it? It's it be, really yeah. is. I, I love that with all of those things I described about you, the Arsenal bit was the bit you were you were most. Yeah, You're I think I need to take cake. that off my Twitter bio. Just d- delete it. <laughs> <laughs> we should all do that. Yeah. I mean, I think with that that record you've got, you are a bit of an FPL legend, David. Just tell tell the listeners a bit about how you became involved with playing and how it's gone for you recently. Uh, I don't remember how it went to because it's been like I've been playing it before even the game with history shows. So there was come, um, some seasons in 2004, 2005, and I remember playing it then, having um, Vieira captain just because I was oh, an Arsenal oh. fan and he was he was a great player. <laughs> I, I didn't really know how the captain thing works, but <laughs> that's how far back I remember. So I've kind of been into it for just over ten years, and yeah, you know how it gets very addictive. So non-stop every year, don't miss any deadlines, don't miss any seasons. So yeah, massive fan. Do you know, I had a, uh, I've got a friend who started playing a few years ago. He, he didn't bother carrying on, so casual in the truest form of the word. But I remember he picked a team with a really solid midfield base and he captained Kante because he wanted a, a leader in the middle of the park, yeah. which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> That's exactly what my reason was. Brilliant logic. <laughs> and you're doing well this season in the top 100. Yeah, it's going amazing this season. I, you know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of big debate today on Twitter about skill versus luck, and there is a lot of luck involved, I have to admit. Obviously, my experience comes into play, but I've had a lot of luck this season as well. Okay, we'll be interested to hear a bit more about that as we go on. Um, Iceman. Hello. Been doing very well recently. How was your game week? Yeah, it's, uh, it's dipped a little bit further. I uh, scored yep. very, very average 47 this week. I actually left it. I was going to roll my transfer this week yeah. because I thought, well, 
I'll, I'll roll a couple just for that game week 31 fixtures. But in the end, I found out that Og Bonner was out. So I needed a replacement for him because I only yeah. had Kenny. Well, Kenny wasn't playing and I only had Dummett. So otherwise, I was just going to finish with 10 men. So I brought Davis in, which did get me that cleanie. It's just that now I've got another player which isn't playing in game week 31. I just hope for another cleanie off of him this week and then get his points and then maybe get rid. But yeah, I captained Kane in the end over Salah so obviously that was the wrong choice but when you look at it plus the two points together when you've got Salah vice-captain it's only three points behind if you had Salah captain so it's not a big loss there not a great week for me I'm down to 5k overall down from 3k Still faring very well there, though. So I think there's uh, certainly space for you to move back up again. Yeah, I haven't dipped um, too much, so it's okay. You'll come back. You'll come back. I trust in you. We all, we all have these little down periods, don't we? Some more than others. Um, well, my game week, unfortunately, nothing good to report. Um, I was one below the average, so I took a red hit again. I didn't do too bad defensively with Otamendi and my transfer in, which was Robertson. So I was pleased with that. Sala, of course, came up with the goods. I had a Kane captaincy flop, and then after that, uh, just a Firmino assist. So nothing great to shout home about. I'm setting up my team a little bit, thinking about uh, game week, uh, the, the game week where there's only four fixtures, but we'll talk about that during the pod. David, uh, how did the last week go for you? Yeah, it went really well, but even then I'm still quite disappointed. You know, first world problems. You know, I've got 64 <laughs> points, but I have a dunk on the bench uh, with eight <laughs> <No>. points. <laughs> and I had a sub come on as well, but... I put Crouch as my first sub because he was back in training and I always prefer an attacker, obviously, to a defender, especially with a turn of playing a massive, great team like Arsenal. Um, so I also had, um, I was really, really close to putting in Mares for Sterling this week, you know, debating back and forth, looking at all the pros and cons. And in the end, I kind of just didn't go for it. So I kind of lost, uh, what was it, eight, ten points there. So got 64 points. Um, Davis and Van Dijk give me clean sheets. The main man of the game for me was Son, who I um, was going to take out last week, but he didn't start. And then when I saw in, the, in the, um, the midweek game against Rochdale, he played 60 minutes and got a couple of goals. I was happy enough to keep him in for this week, knowing he's got Huddersfield at home. So I thought he'd definitely start. Didn't expect him to get 16 points, but obviously I'll take that. So yeah, finished on 64. And I'm happy that I've got um, two transfers for next week. Yeah, see, what was the the thinking behind that uh, with Son? Because I I had him, and I think I got rid of him uh, after the Southampton game because they had Man United, Liverpool, and then Arsenal. I just thought I'll get rid, and he's he's blanked for one, two, three, four, five games. Uh, what what made you keep him? Just because you had other things to do, or were yeah, you, you had, oh, that's okay. what it is really. If, if you've got other things to do, I don't see it as a big problem because even though he's got hard fixtures, he's you know, he's a very attacking player playing yeah. for a good team who are going to score goals at the end of the day. And he, he's quite a selfish player as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's good for a fantasy league. But I think I had other problems to deal with, you know. Um, when I brought him, I think it was like Calvert-Lewin and Arnautovic got injured with Charleston off form. Those kind of players were more important for me to deal with. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so, so greater problems elsewhere. Well, let's uh, talk about how the top 10 got on in our mini league this week. A um, bit of change at the top there. So we've got in 10th place, Team USA, Andrew Redmond with 54 points. Jay Loggerwood is in 9th, maintaining their spot there. Uh, one of the costers we've got in the top 10. So we've got Alex in 8th place at the moment. Um, Tiago is in 15th, so still very close to each other. Two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson down to 7th. Cruise Control, Stevie Sunshine in 6th. Georgie Bozhinov down to 5th now. Joe Stones in 4th. David? 
New to the league and straight in at third place. Got to be happy with that. Yeah, not bad. Bronze medal. Bronze medal. Yeah, you're only 41 behind Demir Tanay, who has dropped for the first time this season down to second. Only scoring 40 points this week. I think we tainted him when he came on a few weeks ago. Yeah. And first place, brilliant job by Rizwan Chowdhury. 75 points, highest score in the top 10 this week. Building him a, uh, what have we got there? A nine-point lead over Demir. Great job. Yeah, well, he did really well at the back. He got three clean sheets in Robertson, Davis and Otamendi. Great players. If you look at the top ten, it's, it is surprising that like all of them have scored really well this week. And I, I just think that it was kind of an average week. I was expecting more average scores, but <laughs> there's actually quite a lot of good scores going on like that. Yeah, definitely some, some good uh, high-scoring players in the game there. So just we want to give a shout-out uh, for a couple of things here. We have a new Patreon supporter this week, so Jeff Ajawi, thank you so much for supporting the pod and joining our elite list of followers. We also had the February winner of the league, which was Ian Gibson. Congratulations, Ian. You knocked out uh, Andre Bergstrom. 14 points and you uh, beat the Iceman by 15 so great job on that prize on its way to you yes it is it was actually um was it Jeff A he joined last week we just forgot to, yeah. to announce that so apologies Jeff A but yeah thanks for joining us apologies well but much appreciated yeah for the support okay chaps let's get down to business so we've got our game week fixtures as usual we're going to go from the top so the first game Saturday the 10th of March 12.30, lunchtime kickoff. It, it's it's all right on paper. Man United versus Liverpool. United doing brilliant against Palace to come back and in true United fashion, nick it in extra time. What a finish that was by Matic. And uh, Liverpool just keep on doing it. Salah look at, you know, on level goals with Harry Kane at the moment and looking on track to challenge him for the golden boot, certainly. Let's come to the guests first of all then, David. How do you how do you see this fixture panning out and sort of their players moving forward? Well, United at home, Mourinho, big game, buses galore. It's gotta be a nil nil, doesn't it? But <laughs> I don't know. I just it's the only thing I can see if it's not gonna be basically a nil nil or a one nil is if Liverpool can get an early goal because if any team can break down Mourinho's bus and score goals, it's gotta be Liverpool, especially in the form they're in, with the attackers they've got. So it kind of depends on the first first 20, 30 minutes of the game, see how it goes. If it's just going to be Man United sitting back trying to hit on the counter, it's going to be a very low-scoring game. And everyone's going to have, well, mostly people are going to have like three Liverpool players. So you're going to have Firmino and Salah, I'm guessing most people have, and either Mane or Van Dijk. So I'd recommend, if you've got a good sub, to probably bench Van Dijk because I can see United scoring anywhere at home. And with United, I would play... If you've got De Gea, obviously, or any defender, I would definitely play them because you know, I just would never drop a United defender in this game because even the big games, they can keep clean sheets. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one to call, but it depends on the first half. I mean, they've let in a couple against Palace. Does that change your opinion of that at all? Or do you think the dynamic changes for Mourinho when it's a big game and there's a bit of ego to, to be earned? No, definitely not. With with Palace, their game set is going to be different. They're, you know, the, the way they approach the game, what they're going for, they're probably yeah. going to look at it as an easy game, to be honest, and try and just score goals. And Obviously, Palace randomly are quite good against the big teams. But yeah, there's going to be a different approach to the game. They're going to just try and you know keep Liverpool's attack quiet and then try and hit them on the counter. But with United's record at Old Trafford, I think they've only conceded like six goals in um, all their home games, 14 home games. So 
Yeah, it's not looking great for Liverpool, but like I said, if, if anyone can do it, Liverpool can. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. So you're obviously you're going with the 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 main big hitters, and you're thinking three definitely for that uh, that smaller game week coming up. Yeah, if you if you if you're planning ahead, you will probably have minimum two already anyway. But yeah, the third Liverpool player, if you if you don't have, then I'll obviously hold off for this game and just do it next next game week. Do you, I mean, just on that, do you see any, because like you say, most people, you're going to have the blueprint in terms of Liverpool players being probably Firmino, probably Salah. Are there any kind of lesser thoughts of Liverpool players that you would actually bank on as a differential in this fixture? Um, not really. That, I mean, Maybe not for the United game, but what about in terms of having them in for the following week? I mean, a, a good differential maybe is uh, Karius because of his price. Van Dijk's a bit more expensive and really you're paying more for Van Dijk just for a goal, really. You know, you know you're not going to get how many goals he's really going to score. So clean yeah. sheets, they're both going to get the same kind of points. You're going to get the save points with Karius and, you know, random penalty save. That'll just shoot up his points with bonus and five points for a penalty save. So it could be a good differential, especially with the um, goalkeeper situation in 31. Not many yeah. really good keepers available. So if you've got that third spot, you can't afford Van Dyke. You know, differential instead of Robertson could be Karius. I think that's a nice shout. Um, Iceman, do you want to whilst we're talking about the Liverpool situation? We've been uh, mentioning it for the last few weeks. Now we're a bit closer. Any any sort of change in thinking? No, not really. They're standardly doing really well, aren't they? And the the only thing is, I do think the uh, the decision between going Mane or like a defender, there's it's so close. I mean, like Mane is still scoring goals. The goal he scored was awesome attacking play from Liverpool. He did really well. That was a really good team goal. But their defence is still is really strong there because they've conceded no big chances against Newcastle and no big chances in the game against West Ham, even though they conceded a goal in the week before. So it does prove that their defence is strong but maybe it's just against weak teams I'm not quite sure but obviously for the Watford game I do think that you're safer going with a defender so that, that's why over the choice between Mane or like a defender I, I have opted for the defender because I'm, I'm hopeful for that clean sheet every week but Mane is so consistent at the moment it's, it's, the argument is very very close but at the moment I would sway towards the uh, defensive cover where are you at with that David? Yeah, I agree with you because I had that dilemma as well. I was going to bring in a third Liverpool player and it was either going to be obviously Mane or Van Dijk or Robertson. And I just thought, in terms of like protecting my rank as well and kind of covering all all aspects of Liverpool, so if they do have one of those off games, which you know they're more than capable of doing, any team is really. So if it's just a nil-nil or anything, you've got the defence covered. And you know with three attackers you know, spending a lot of money and only score one goal, Instead of like a random ox goal or something like that, you know, Liverpool have those games, you know, West Brom, Swansea, they've lost. So, you know, having a defender plus an, uh, two attackers, you're kind of, kind of covered with Liverpool. Whereas if you just went for three attackers and they had like one of those bad games, uh, let's say it's just a nil nil, you know, Van Dyke Robson getting bonuses, you can drop and rank quite a bit. So I don't know, especially with the money as well, Mane costing like over nine million yeah, and yeah. Van Dyke and Robson like, you know, four and eight. So you kind of, Kind of playing it more safe that way. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Rob, Robertson was going to be the one that I shouted. I, I put him in last week after we discussed him on the pod and actually um, looks to be Klopp's go-to left-back now. Certainly um, more orthodox there than James Milner was last season. Looks to have some attacking threats as well. I think he's a potential cheaper differential for Liverpool players. But just the other one I just want to run past the two of you. Maybe not um, obvious, but if you were going for something really out there... Oxley Chamberlain's actually had quite a bit of um, praise recently. He, he 
Omri, when he was at Arsenal, we'll both we'll all know that being Arsenal fans, was quite critical about what does he mm. offer. He came out this week and said, actually, he's really turned it round. A couple of assists in the last the last few games, starting for Liverpool now. What what are your views on him, chaps? Uh, I I wouldn't go for him really. He's, you can't guarantee that he's going to play every game. He didn't play tonight, so I suppose that's a that's a plus for him. But yeah, I, it's just. You can't guarantee points from him each week. That's the thing. He can do quite well. Uh, I mean, he plays really good football. That's that's why kind of the discussion around bonus points and adding uh, different types of bonus points to players which do have a lot of pass completion and get on the ball quite a lot and you know create more chances things should be offered. But it's not like that at the moment. So I don't think that he is a great option around that price. But it's uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, David? Yeah, to be honest, I've never been a fan of his, even when he was at Arsenal. I was kind of always critical of him, and I was really happy that we sold him, especially for that price. So, now he was—he's definitely someone I would never consider an FPL because, like you mentioned, you know, first of all, starts you're going to be checking the team sheet every week. Is he starting? There's got so much competition in that midfield um, midfield places with like Henderson and Chan, Milner, so Wijnaldum as well. And even if he does start and he does play, he's going to be one of those that gets substituted early. You know, is he going to play 59 minutes, just over 60? And really, how many goals is he, is he going to get in a game where you've got Salah and Firmino? I'd rather just gamble with Mane or play a defender. There's definitely pay, pay the money is the uh, the message there, chaps. So we've we've come up with uh, a few ideas for Liverpool in terms of United again, as we do every week. It's all about defence if you if you have them. I think with United at times it is tempted to. I mean, you can have a United defender or goalkeeper in there for the season. Um, are, there, are there any attacking options from United? They've got Sanchez, they've got Lingard who's still getting game time, they've got Lukaku who's done well in the last few weeks. Iceman, do you see any value in a United front man? Well, I suppose at the moment, no, because they've got this tough game coming up and then they've got the blank. So until game week 32, I don't think you should be bringing any United. In. I wouldn't necessarily take anyone out. I mean, like Romelu Lukaku would probably be the one which you, you would look at. Yeah. He seems to be the one furthest forward all the time in that team and he always seems to get opportunities. It's just not at the moment. I don't think they kind of should be in discussion for this week and maybe next week because until game week 32, yeah, I don't think it's worth bringing them in. In that case, I will stop you there. We'll stop discussing them. Let's move on. Yeah. Right, chaps, let's move on to Everton versus Brighton. Now, ordinarily not that exciting a fixture, but with this mini game week, this is going to be the filling in a lot of teams that have gone three Liverpool. So, Iceman, first of all, who do you fancy in this fixture in terms of thinking about that smaller game week? Well, let's just remark that Glenn Murray is currently the world's greatest striker and he deserves all the plaudits because he's just brilliant. That, you know, that must have taken a lot of pride for you to admit that yeah, after the early did, season. It did, yeah. FPL editor is going to love that. But yeah, I, I mean, Brighton did play really well against Arsenal and they did look good uh, throughout the game, but it is against Arsenal and we've just on a downhill spiral. They've made some good signings at Brighton, but they're not going to be options at the moment for, for anyone. A matter of free basis, of, they've not got a game in game week 31. They've got some pretty tough fixtures after that as well. Yeah, they're away to Everton, so they're not great away. I don't see really any options from Brighton. But if you are looking for Everton players, they are they are terrible Everton at the moment. <laughs> they're in really bad form. Wilcott, he's 
He's bad. He, he had he had two <laughs> two big chances. He missed them both. Great opportunity, which almost made made me take him out there and then. I just thought, oh, he's just so frustrating. I just I remember him at Arsenal days where I used to get frustrated. Now watching him, knowing that he's in my team for this game, I'm just thinking, oh, I just kind of want want to get rid of him. But you can't really do that. You've got hold. You can't just waste a transfer moving players players out but if I was to go for someone I'd probably go for Siggy instead of Wilcott at the moment I just think just because he's a different option he's also a little bit more of a differential because I think there's quite a few people who are following the game that uh, have got Wilcott now um, he almost got an assist though if Coleman wasn't being clever and flicked on his cross but because due to those two big missed chances he actually ended up on naught BPS so yeah, not not great. He, he does have two goals and one assist in his last three home games, though. And playing at home, I hope the, he is. In terms of just applying some logic, if you are just trying to get an Everton filler in for some extra extra sort of points from that uh, that smaller game week, I would urge caution towards attacking players, just because after that they play Everton, they play uh, Man City at home, they're then home against Liverpool then their fixtures definitely ease up. But if you're thinking about kind of having a player in your squad that you might want available for the following weeks, think attacking. Yeah. So that that to me means potentially Tosin, who got his goal at the weekend, potentially Niasse. Um, I think, Siggy, you're right, is probably the, the safer option at the moment. I think the consensus is is that people are going to go for Everton players, maybe for these next two, and then yeah. uh, hopefully wildcard them out. But if you don't have a wildcard, then you don't want to bring too many players from Everton in. I mean, like, I've already got Kenny. He doesn't seem to be playing because Coleman's back. Coleman is quite a good option, though, because he's always been a really good FPL player. And I have thought about bringing him in. Williams is now out with that red card that he got. So I suppose that opens up the door back for um, maybe Holgate, someone like that, if you're looking for a nice cheap option. I think Baines was back on the bench. So that brings him back into play. He's at 5.6 at the moment. Probably the cheapest Baines has ever been, but he is quite old now. Whether or not he will displace Martina straight away, I don't know. Martina's not been playing great, so it could be an option. But um, Michael Keane surprised me, actually. I found out, like a stats podcast, I think it was on Sky, that his stats are actually better this season than last season at Burnley because he's a lot busier in what he does. He's got more to do, isn't he? Yeah, he's got more to do. He's got more tackles, more inceptions, more, more duels won, and more headers. So, he, he... so Iceman, basically, having having just made that comment about think think offensive, you've called two defenders. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm looking for the next two. That's what I'm saying. Before I actually okay. mentioned all that, I said for these next two, if you're looking to wildcard, so... I would actually be looking towards the defence more than the attack. But Everton do have the capabilities of actually scoring against weaker teams. I know Brighton just beat Arsenal 2-1, but they're not great away, Brighton. And at home, their last home game was against Crystal Palace, and they did score three goals, Everton. So they do have potential of scoring big. The only thing is Sam doesn't actually know who's best to start up top. Niasse was benched again. Tucson started. He did get the goal. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he knows who, who's the best option. So it is difficult to bring any of their strikers in though. Okay. David, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I can't agree with everything you guys have been saying. I can't wait for a game of 31 to finish just to get Walker out of my team. Yeah. my worst transfer, honestly. Yeah. But you just can't take him out because he's got that game. Right. And he can randomly be a bit explosive. But Everton, 
terrible, terrible form. Uh, you know, Sam Adas is changing the team every week, so it's, it's quite hard to predict who he's going to play. Walcott's, you know, kind of guaranteed, but even Sigerson keeps coming off in the 80th minute. Could he easily not start one of these games? You just never know. Um, he's a bit of a differential, but I'll just play it safe with Walcott and just stay away from everyone else. I mean, Coleman, yeah, he's got great attacking threat, but if you're paying 6.4, you need the team to be able to keep clean sheets. And Everton just don't look like doing that at the moment. No. Well, I think um, that's probably enough said on the, the options in this one, chaps. Um, next fixture also includes a single, uh, the, the smaller game week team. I keep uh, struggling what to refer to it as. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Huddersfield versus the Swans. Huddersfield, of course, then taking on Palace at home. And the thing that I liked about Huddersfield as an option is they're then away to Newcastle, followed by, where am I looking, away at Brighton as well. And then home against Watford. So if you put in a, a Huddersfield player for the next few weeks, actually you could rotate them in and out quite easily as a cheaper sort of enabler. So David, is there any any value in Huddersfield and, and going to them for extra players for this game week? Yeah, I think people need to be a bit cautious because everyone's just thinking uh, Huddersfield. You know, they've got two easy home games. I'll bring in either the keeper or Schindler or Zanka. But if you actually look at it, in the last thirteen games, they've only kept one clean sheet, and they've had quite a lot of easy games there anyway. And People are easily be blinded by like the next two fixtures being home to Swansea and home to Crystal Palace. But um, having a look at some stats since December, Swansea have only failed to score against Spurs, Liverpool, City and Chelsea. So they're getting their goals. So it doesn't look like a clean sheet in that game. And then going forward with uh, the, the game week 31 against Palace, uh, Palace's last away blank was in game week 15. So you know they're, they're scoring goals as well against big teams. So I don't really even see the clean sheet for Huddersfield. So I, I probably wouldn't even go near the defenders. If you've got the defender, obviously, you know, keep them, but I wouldn't be taking a minus or you know, scrabbling to get them in. Uh, if I was going to get a Huddersfield player, it would probably be an attacker. Pritchard, if he's fit, because he's looking quite attacking and getting a lot of shots in, and Munia, he can be quite explosive if he gets a couple of goals or goals assists. So, I'd be a bit careful of the defenders, but, yeah. Okay, so I think that's a fair argument against that. Iceman, where do you stand on it on Huddersfield? Yeah, I think more or less the same. I think they shouted Pritchard a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, I didn't want to shout him before last week because they were playing Tottenham. But I still think he is a good asset to have for these next two. And they could produce quite a lot. I mean, if you look at the stats for the last game, he didn't actually get anything, like no attempts on goal. But again, it was on against Tottenham. I'm, I'm a bit worried about Mounier, though. A lot of people are looking at him. It's just, you're never guaranteed for the game time. I mean, they've still got Depotra there. Uh, he has played the last few, but whether or not Depotra could come in, just give him a slight rest or something. He could be a good option, though. He's 5.7. The only thing is, in the Tottenham game, again, he didn't have any efforts on goal either. So, yeah, that Tottenham game is just a complete no-show for Huddersfield altogether. But if you're looking at their past results, yeah. If if I had the money, I think I'd go Pritchard for this week, though. Nice. OK, so perhaps a Huddersfield attacking player then. Um you can say no to this. Any love for the Swans, or are we thinking they're not necessary with this game coming up? We I talked think, about. I, I love uh, I love Carver Howe as a manager. He's brilliant. I mean, uh, Swansea they've lost two of their fifteen games since Carver Howe took charge in December, and yeah. they've only conceded fourteen goals in that process. So it is showing that he has done quite a lot for Swansea. Key seems to be. The most random FPL option ever. But he is on corners. He is on free kicks. He shoots from outside the box non-stop. 
Uh, I mean, he's not, he's not really an F, FPL option for me, but that seems to be Swansea's strategy. They kind of go forward and then get it towards the edge of the box and then get Key to shoot. And he does actually, I saw a stat, that Key has the same number of points in his last four games as Aguero does. Yeah, very, very similar players in terms of quality <laughs> and value. So I think that's reasonable. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I was, I was just like, wow, that's quite a stat. 4.9 against uh, 11.9. But then Swansea blanking in 31, then they've got United away in 32. So Yeah, so you, yeah. you can't really look at options. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I think that's enough said on this one. Let's move on to... Newcastle versus Saints, chaps. I can't say there's an awful lot to, to go to in this one. I don't want to speak on your behalf, but should we agree to, to skim over this one this week? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Apologies to Newcastle and Saints fans. And if you can think of a player that's valuable, please tweet us. Saints Let's are so move boring. On. I just want to add that Saints are the most boring team at the moment. Just nil nils. And, and every Saints fan out there. Yeah. Or maybe colluded with them. And I live in um, Southampton, so I'll, uh, I'll watch my back. Right. Okay. Now, well, now I know where you live, but there we go. Um <laughs> Right, West Brom versus Leicester. Now, this one has relevance as well because, of course, West Brom are away against Bournemouth in the smaller game week. So let's come back to Iceman to kick us off on this one. Who do you like from West Brom? Well, West Brom, I don't really like anyone, really. I mean, they have tightened up at the back, though. I did think that they were actually going to get a cleanie in the last game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually kept a cleanie in this one. The only thing is Leicester are quite attacking. They've got Mares, and they do seem to get quite a lot of shots on goal at Leicester. I, w- I wouldn't expect it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. So if you do have West Brom defenders, I'll probably play them in this one. I wouldn't necessarily bring them in, but there could be a resurgence coming up. Uh, the only thing is it's really not expected at all. I think that Mares would be the option to actually if you're looking for a punt for for this game week, he might actually be the one to go for. Or that Harry Maguire, he got six attempts on goal in the last game. So that was more than any other defender in the game week. So it just shows that he still does get forward quite a lot. So if you're looking for punts, they're two good options. And then they do have good fixtures after this. So if you are free hitting, then you could maybe move them out for game week 31. So you're thinking sort of Harry Maguire as potential option from Leicester to roll in and out? Yeah, yeah. If, or to if, keep if, if, if you're if you're free hitting, or if you've got loads of okay. game week thirty one players, which is probably rare. But if, if you're free hitting game week thirty one, yeah, these these two players are probably really good options. David, what's what's your view on this one? Yeah, I agree regarding the West Brom defence. I just don't see a clean sheet for them in any game they play against anyone. So if you're looking at players like Higazi and Dawson, you're kind of going for that goal from set piece which is you know it, it can happen but it's not worth the risk bringing them in or especially for a hit or anything so like um like i said if you keep, if you have them keep them but i wouldn't necessarily bring them in and with leicester uh Mares, i'm a big fan of almost got him in two weeks ago almost got in last week and i really want to get him in this week as stupid as it sounds because he has got a blank but if you look at his um away performances to you know bottom bottom half the table teams so the last five games he's got five away games he's got 10 7 2 9 8 8 and then his next fixture is West Brom now, I could definitely see him getting some points there so even though he's got a blank in 31 the midfield options available to us like Walcott Siggy are they really going to get more points than Mares in this game we can easily get double digits so it's not stupid for anyone to bring in Mares just because he's got a blank because I could definitely see him getting points 
So actually, if you were thinking kind of cumulative over the two game weeks, he'd probably score more anyway. Yeah, definitely. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, okay. Thinking. It could be a, it could be a good punt just to bring him in. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyone else that we shout from West Brom then, David, or are you are you happy with no, that? They don't they don't score goals, so there's no attacker I would even consider. Nope. No, that's fair enough. Okay, it's helpful. So we're more pro Mares from this one. Okay. Yeah. Um, West Ham versus Burnley then. So. No representation in the in the, the lower game week. Do either of you have anyone to shout from this? I really like um, Arnautovic. Every time I watch Match of the Day, he just, as they say, passed the eye test. He just looks so threatening. And in the last six home games, he's only blanked once, and that was against Arsenal, which was 0-0. I don't know how he blanked against Arsenal, to be fair, but yeah. yeah. Uh, if they score, he's very likely to be involved. I quite, quite like him. Antonio, I've been quite a big fan of him FPL-wise last couple of seasons, but he's been a bit injured recently, and his minutes aren't great so I'd be a bit careful with him and Burnley usually go for the defenders they don't really score but they've only kept one clean sheet in their last 11 games so you know kind of probably stay away from them at the moment and they don't score many goals Burnley so blanking in 31 as well I wouldn't look at any of their attackers I I think there's there's going to be a question here whether to play or Burnley defenders or not I do think you should but they did give away four big chances though last game which was the highest in the game week they didn't win since December before the last game. Uh, so, yeah, they're not on the, the greatest of runs. Uh, it's whether Pope will keep his place or not, I suppose. Heaton could just suddenly come back and be played, but it is doubtful. But, yeah, it is a question whether you want to play your uh, Burnley defensive players or not. Uh, but I, I guess I probably... it depends on who you have as your subs or who you can start, really. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got Ben Mee still, um, and I probably were playing for this one just because of how sort of unpredictable West Ham have been this season. I agree with Arnie. I think that's a good shout. He always, like you say, passes the eye test. So um, if you've got him, I think he's worth playing. Um, it sounds like not too many other options in this one, though, chaps. No, no, not really. Okay, Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. Then, so uh, Chelsea absolutely slated for that po- uh, that performance. Against City, did you chaps see it? Yes, it was. Awful. Yes, thoughts, Iceman. Give us your give us your eye test review. Well, Conte drove up to Manchester, grabbed Jose's bus, and drove it over to the Etihad, and just parked yeah. it on on the middle of the pitch. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was like no effort whatsoever. They didn't have a shot, did they? It was just embarrassing. No shot within the first half, which they haven't done for years, apparently. But yeah, it was just after looking at Fabregas just walking towards the ball, like just couldn't be mm. bothered. God, it pained me to watch it, and it was like, ah, oh, it made me feel like Jose was actually managing them. Yeah, Conte, how disappointing. Yeah, it's a weird situation at Chelsea, isn't it? The same thing happened when Jose won the league. The uh, the season after, they were suddenly had loads of problems. So it's uh, history repeating itself here. Mm. So with that, I mean, usually this sort of fixture, you'd be saying Hazard against uh, Crystal Palace. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, if, I suppose that's the thing. They're probably going to have a bit of a resurgence now. After being sent out to play negatively against Man City, they're probably going to be like, right, well, we need to beat this Palace team. Palace seem to be just letting in random goals. They obviously came quite close against United and it was quite unlucky that they, they lost in the end because I still think that Matic goal was off. There was an offside because Lukaku was in the way. They'll get a lot of uh, heckles for that. But the, yeah. they, they've still got loads of injuries. They've not, I, I did notice they've actually failed to 
win a point without Zaha as well. I think that was a question to Roy, and Roy was actually quite shocked to hear it. But Benteke seems to get another assist randomly. I do think that I might actually bring him in for the game week 31. Obviously not for this game because you're away against Chelsea and I just see there's going to be a bit of a smashing in this one for Chelsea. I do think they're going to be right up for it. And again, they could be another team which you could just punt on for a week if you're just looking for some random points. And I think that Hazard could actually be quite a good captain shout this week if you do have him. Yeah, a bit of um, a bit of debate in the papers and the news about him, wasn't there? About his criticism of Conte. I didn't see that. No. Whoops. Yeah, apparently he he um, criticised the tactics that were used, and he was frustrated the where he's being played. To so be interesting to see what comes of that. Oh, yeah. um, David, what's your view on this one then? Uh, I've got a really funny feeling about this game. Um, on paper, it just looks like yep, Chelsea to win, but we all know how the Premier League is. It just doesn't work like that. And I just have a feeling this is going to be the game. You know, every week there's a random result. I think this could be it. The last two games they've played with each other, Chelsea have lost to Palace 2-1. Uh, one of them was already this season. And Palace against the big teams, they've been quite quite good. I mean, they've only lost to... Um, they only lost 1-0 to Spurs and Liverpool. They drew to City 0-0. They almost beat them with a last-minute penalty. Uh, Chelsea, a bit of a funny form. They lost at home to Bournemouth 3-0, so they are capable of doing that. And if I'm looking for a player, I'd probably be more inclined to go for a Palace player because... They've got that um, game of 31 as well. And I, can, I, just, I don't know, I could just see Benteke or someone getting some points or goals against Chelsea. So it sounds like Benteke seems to be the one you're agreed on there as a, as a potential option, if not for the fact that his reputation at the moment is a bit in the gutter in terms of goal scoring. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him. He's he's killed me in FPL um, last couple of seasons. But troll. you can't ignore the fact that, yeah, he's ultimate troll. You can't ignore that. He's, he's only got one blank in the last eight games. And I'm sure they're going to go for some set pieces against Chelsea. And he's always a threat in the air against any team, to be honest. Uh, and you've got, obviously, Millie uh, with his penalties. And he yeah. can just pop up any time with a goal. So, I don't know. I th- I, for Chelsea, I think I think Drude will start this game. Uh, we know Conte's not really a big fan of Morata. And he's that hasn't just did not work. That hasn't in the number nine role. So, he'll look at this as, obviously, an easier game for Chelsea. And I, th- I think Drude will get his chance. But I don't know, I wouldn't be bringing in Chelsea players right now. Well, let's, uh, whilst we're speaking about Giroud, that's a very nice segue into the next fixture, which is the first of our Super Sunday games, Arsenal versus Watford. So, David, as our guest and supporter of Arsenal, I'm going to let you talk to us about our beloved Reds versus the side that's playing Liverpool in this smaller game week. Sorry, guys, I have to go. Bye. That was a joke, that was a joke. I don't know. I was like, yeah, okay, I guess it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, what to say, what to say. I mean, everyone just looks at Arsenal's fixtures and think, OK, we're going to bring in Arsenal players in, but how can you go near Arsenal players at the moment? You know, it doesn't matter who our fixtures are against. They're just looking terrible, and I'm sure you guys can agree with that. Defence-wise, yes, yeah. no clean sheets against anyone. When's our last clean sheet? Just Our last clean sheet was against Newcastle, game week 18. And oh, we've wow. played like Crystal Palace, West Brom, Bournemouth, Palace again, um, Swansea, Everton. We're, we're, actually, we're actually on our, we're on our longest run without a clean sheet at the Emirates. We, we haven't, oh. We've conceded in the last six games in all competitions there. So, yeah. Not yeah, so, you know, I know everyone looks at fixtures, but then, you know, I don't, I don't see clean sheets for us. I wouldn't go defender. 
until we see like some consistent returns in terms of clean sheets, and then you can maybe go for an Arsenal defender. But they're just not worth their price at the moment. And attacking wise, there's only three I would consider. Again, that depends on their form and how Arsenal start to uh, start to get any results. Uh, Ramsey, just because he's just so attacking and shoots a lot. Uh, Mickey probably be my worst option out of the three I'm going to choose because of his minutes and he can just blank against anyone really. And I'd probably look at Aubameyang, but again, that would be probably after wildcard, after 32. Um, getting a goal, losing and still getting three bonuses is a good thing for an FPL manager if you're looking to bring a player like that in because he can score against these weak teams. And if he's getting goals in, then he's probably going to get the bonus points in as well. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say that Arsenal are going to spank Watford here and Aubameyang's going to grab three. Okay, that's a lie. Uh, the uh, Watford have been doing well since Garcia has been involved. They've actually con- uh, three goals conceded in their last five game weeks under Garcia. So, and that was only by Spurs and Man City. So it does show they are in good form at the moment. I mean, Richarlison's never going to be an option again because he's 18 games without a goal. So you could say he is due. But um, you've got to be thinking about uh, these assets. I mean, like Dini, he's one of these players, which I remember last year that he actually said Arsenal got no bottle and he just bossed it. And this is probably his time that he's going to bully the Arsenal defenders as well. So mm. as uh, David mentioned, no clean sheets or anything. So was against Dini last week, but you know, they do have a game. They do play Liverpool next week. Who knows? He could be a good punt. I'm not going to go there yet. Um, he's definitely going to score against Arsenal. Yeah. You can just see it now. Yeah, I know. And it would, it would push Mustafi off the ball, get a foul or something silly. And then yeah. it'll, be a, it'll be a penalty or something. Because yeah, you've got to think he is on penalties as well. The only thing is, Aubameyang, he, like you say, I do think he's going to be a better option after this blank game week because he, he's cup tied. So he's not going to play in the Europa League. So he has to play nearly every Premier League game. I do think he will play every Premier League game. Arsenal's still quite high on chances created and shot some goals. So statistically, he's going to get his chances and he is a good forward. I do see some goals coming from him. I just think that maybe you need to need to wait until after game week 31, unless you're doing, as I said before, getting him in for this game week, free hitting in game week 31, and then uh, you know keeping him in for afterwards. But my advice would still always be to free hit in game week 35. I think that's good advice indeed, Iceman. So, um, some love for the Watford players for that game week, albeit against uh, against Liverpool, and still some ideas around Arsenal, although we're not too enthusiastic about them. So, let's talk about Bournemouth. Now, I've got a couple of uh, home fixtures, albeit the first one against the mighty Spurs now, as I'm reluctantly calling them. Spurs now out of that single game week. But they're playing against uh, West Brom, and... You know, there's been some signs of uh, of good form for them at times, attacking wise. That King with a penalty at the weekend. David, if I I'm gonna let you start on this one again. Is there anyone from Bournemouth that you're looking at that you think could be valuable in the uh, in the, the next game week? Yeah, it's quite annoying that they've got Spurs this game week. Otherwise, I think it would be a good time to bring them in, especially because you've got an um, easy game in 31. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Bournemouth, I find them very inconsistent. You just cannot predict what they're going to do, how many goals they're going to score. Like their last ten games have been both teams to score. Don't know if anyone has any accumulators ongoing, but definitely had Bournemouth into that one. They've only lost one in their last ten, which is quite shocking. I didn't really think about that. Didn't see them as a team that's gone to go unbeaten in ten games. But yeah, I like the look of um, 
Stanislas, just because yeah. he's been um, good to me in the past. And he'd be someone I would definitely bring in this week if they had an easier fixture. He's starting to get the minutes now. Again, he's very injury-prone, so you have to be careful. King as well, but then it's that third striker spot. It's quite difficult for people who have to rearrange your team funds, distribute it everywhere else. But he's on penalties at the moment. And defence-wise, therefore, either Cook or Ake, just because they're guaranteed to start and they can usually pop up with a goal. But they don't really keep clean sheets, so I'd go more for attackers than defenders. So some good thoughts there on Bournemouth. David, let's just come back to you on the Spurs. What, what do you think about them as an option? Well, at the moment, I'm on triple Spurs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I'm going to do some transfers to get a game of 31, I think one of them will have to go. Well, obviously, they've got the blank in 31, then they're away to Chelsea, away to Stoke, and then got Man City. So I don't really want to be on triple Spurs. After that, their run is good towards the end of the season. But, you know, Kane, probably season keeper. I'm not going to play around with him, try and go for a punt, lose some value. But... If I'm going to go for a midfielder, I'll probably take out Sun uh, for one of the Game Week 31 players. Okay, Iceman? Yeah, with Spurs, they are 17 matches unbeaten now. Son just seems to be back on form though, doesn't he? So just always have that rotation risk, which you'd be a little bit worried about. Like David says, they've, they've got some t- tough fixtures after this blank game week. So it's, it's keep for this week and then probably move out afterwards. And Kane, again, uh, he had six shots, which was the most in the game week for forwards, three on target. So that's pretty standard. Um, with Bournemouth, like David said, they can be hit and miss. Daniel seems to be straight back into the team. He got 90 this week because he got subbed last week at half time. Ibe, he's still out. Not sure what's going on with him, but King seems to have now replaced him. Seven mil striker. Again, like David said, a bit hard to get into your team. But last year, I think for the blank game week around this time, I think he scored a hat trick. Um, yep. Not to say that he's going to score a hat-trick against Spurs, but uh, maybe he's going to suddenly hit form again and we're all going to bring him in and he's going to be that, that option which we had last year. I doubt it, but it does put another question mark over Wilson, who had another blank, no shots on goal. So I suppose people are ask, asking the question whether it's time to get rid. I would still probably hold, but it is, I mean, it is in consideration just to move him out for someone else. Uh, what would you do if you had Wilson? Or do you have Wilson? You don't have Wilson, do you, David? No, I don't have Wilson. Um, I was quite... I wanted to get him in before his um, or his, his run started to kind of just disappear. And luckily I didn't. And I think now his uh, place is under threat, especially that he's blanking and he's coming off. So yeah. obviously, you know, he's got the game of 31, so he can't really take him out. But he could easily not start that game. Or, you know, maybe if he does start, just come off early. So he's not someone I would, I would get in if I don't have. But... If I had him, I'd keep him. Yeah. Uh, I remember King's last game week, like you mentioned, last season. I, I put him in that game week and he started off by missing a penalty and I just thought, oh, wow, what a waste of a minus four. <laughs> and then he got that hat trick in. Yeah. So he could be, Amazing. you know, Mr. Blank, man. He could be, that could be his thing. So yeah, you're looking for a punt. He's a, he's a good one. It just hasn't been in form all season. He hasn't been starting most games. So it is a bit of a bit of a risk, but you, you never know with some risk payoff. I do think your shout on Stanislas is brilliant because he is my man. He should have scored in the last game though. Totally fluffed it. But as as mentioned last week, still good stats still. Five shots, uh, joint top among midfielders for the game week. He's playing West Brom in game week 31. So yeah, I can see some goals coming up there for him. Definitely. Nice. Okay, some nice shouts there, chaps. Um, that takes us on to the last one of the game week. We've got a team featuring the next week in Stoke 
playing against runaway league winners Manchester City. Iceman, if you want to finish us off, any I guess that there's two sides to this coin because we've got the next week and we've also got a side that just can't stop winning. So what do you think? Well, if you going to put a complete punt on a player I think that Butland could actually be a really good shout for this game week I know it sounds crazy but they're playing at home they're playing against the best team in the league who's going to create loads of chances who knows he might have one of these blinders and just make loads of saves you're mad I know it, it, it no, could no. Have, I mean like it, is, it would be a massive punt but City is just still flying at the moment they are the best team in the league they're probably playing the best football in Europe for me so I think the question is here if you've got Sterling which I I got rid of a few weeks ago. Yeah, what's happening with him? I suppose it, we'll need to find out what's going on with him in the Champions League game to decide what you're actually going to do with him, whether you're going to keep him. If he plays or is on the bench and comes on in the Champions League game, I would feel that you should probably keep him because there is potential for a high score here. But the thing is, Bernardo Silva, he's, he's had four Premier League goals against the big six. So who's to say that a Bilver will lose his place now? I mean, we just don't know what's going to go on and what's going on in Pep, Pep's head. I, th- I think that there, there could be some, some punts here in terms of, uh, if you want to just bring in David Silva for a week. I mean, obviously they, they blank in game week 31. So again, you could be doing that switcheroo if you're doing the uh, free hit. I think that if Aguero doesn't play in the Champions League midweek and, uh, Jesus gets like 90 minutes and I think that he could be actually quite a good captain option this week so you've got the kind of the two two choices there whether you're going to back Stoke for a random clean sheet and for Butland to maybe make a penalty save or loads of saves choose him or all of City and then just go full on all out attack there okay what about you David what do you think yeah well this game um, earlier on the season was 7-2 to City so I don't think I'd be going anywhere near Butland until 31 at least (laughs) Uh, Sané could be a good shout as well. He looks to be more uh, guaranteed game time now, getting back into form, destroying defenders, and you know he can always score and assist, so he can easily get double digits if you're going for that one-week punt, if you're free-hitting or anything. So I'd probably look at um, Sané for Man City. I've got the same problem with Sterling. It just depends on the Champions League game. I'd rather he either started and came off early or you know came on for the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. If I don't see him in the squad or... He's on the bench and he doesn't get any minutes. He would definitely be one of my um, transfers out. But yeah, I'd, I'd wait on. I wouldn't be rushing to bring in the Stoke defenders just yet because obviously they're playing City and I don't see a clean sheet there. But um, yeah, Butland and Bauer could be good defensive options and Shakiri, which most people will have or will definitely bring in for gaming 31 anyway. Yeah, Butland and Shakiri seem to be the. Uh, I mean, Shakiri certainly seems to be the the man of the moment when we're talking about this one. City just just keep on doing it. So I think you can. You know, be fairly open about who you choose there. Anyone else to add, chaps? Yeah, I've got a secret weapon for 31. Oh, let's hear it, let's hear it. Peter Crouch. <laughs> Only because he's been You're stuck on my subs bench. <laughs> well, I'm not going to transfer him out because I've had him for ages. He just, you know, he's rotten away on my bench. Uh, I think he dislocated his shoulder. So I see some game plan for Crouch coming up. And he's at home to Everton, who are terrible away. So it would not surprise me if he got a goal. He, he's just, he's a bench. He's a bench player for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to play him on 31. Hope get a random brace against Everton. You, you don't think that um, a zero goals in two years, Saido Berahino is going to come in and, and play up front? 
Absolutely no chance. Why would you start that guy? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw stats the other day and he has played 42 games, 2,324 minutes, attempted 55 shots with 20 on target and missed three penalties. So Berahino could be the man. Oh, he, he looks like crouch. He looks like a sensible option, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he could be. People might take that seriously. Definitely don't get Berahino in. <laughs> uh, super sub for me. Even if he doesn't right. start, I don't mind if he comes on for 10 minutes. He, he's always got that threat in the air. So, crouch, brace, game 31, you heard it here first. Uh, sorry, I'm calling it. Berahino to come on and get a goal. I'm going to call it. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> and it may be the only place you actually get to hear it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, chaps, I think on that sour note, let's finish talking about the game week fixtures and let the Iceman go for a tinkle. Oh, thanks very much. Right, so, welcoming back the Iceman, let's sum up then... So United versus Liverpool, a defensive job for United as usual. We also went for Salah, Firmino, Mane as the attacking options of Liverpool. At the back, maybe Robertson and Karius. Everton versus Brighton, we talked about Siggy, Keane and Coleman. Um, keep Walcott if you've got him, but don't rush to get him in. And Glenn Murray for England. Huddersfield versus the Swans. Pritchard looks good going forward for Huddersfield. Maybe not so much their defence. And Key is just the man of the moment for the Swans. Newcastle versus Saints, we actually skipped completely. West Brom versus Leicester, we talked about Mares and Maguire. Dawson and Hagazzi potentially as defensive options if he wants some West Brom cover for the next few weeks. West Ham versus Burnley, Arnautovic still looking good. Um, Burnley, potentially their defence, not great going forward if you've still got their defenders though. Chelsea versus Palace, um, bizarrely Christian Benteke has become a reasonable option again for this uh, shorter game week. And uh, we, we anticipate a Chelsea resurgence, so Hazard owners, hold on. Arsenal versus Watford, uh, we talked about Troy Deeney, um, and then you would have thought that in our glum state, no Arsenal player would have got a mention, but in the end we ended up naming three. So we talked about Rambo, Mickey and Aubameyang. Bournemouth versus Spurs, Kane as per usual. We also talked about Ake, Cook, Stanislas and King for Bournemouth. And then Stoke versus City, um, probably the, the less predictable was from Stoke. So Shakiri, Butland, the secret weapon that is Crouch. Um, City, it was pretty much a case of pick who you want. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Pete. Yeah. Nice summer. Thank you. Cheers, cheers. Um, captain's choices and transfers then, chaps. So, David, I'm going to come to you first of all. Who do you fancy as captain this week? Uh, it's got to be Kane, no doubt. I mean, it's always between Kane and Salah for me. Salah, 12.30 kickoff away, United, Old Trafford. I mean, he could score easily, but Kane against Bournemouth, who just let him goals for fun. He's really good away. Sunday, 4 o'clock, just perfect Kane captain. Perfect Kane captaincy. I think I'm going to follow you up on that. I think I always lean more towards Kane than Salah, but I have to agree that fixture's too good to uh, to ignore. Iceman? Yeah, it's three Canes, really. I mean, it has to be him or Aguero for me. I mean, if Jesus gets 
loads of minutes in the uh, the Wednesday uh, Champions League fixture, then Aguero might be in my thinking. But I think I'm just going to go Kane just to be safe because it's going to be probably highest on the polls. Also, Bournemouth have had 12 big chances conceded over the last four. Uh, Kane can't keep missing, so he's going to get a load of load of chances this game. I can see him scoring a few here. Unanimous on Kane. I explain your decision on that was uh, far less thought out than last week. Yeah, I think it's more simple this week. The only thing is, went through with that last week and then uh, worked out that it was only a three-point difference. It was almost a, a pointless run-through. But it's interesting to, to just discuss. It is. No, it's a good, good bit of decision-making for you there. Yeah. So, all Kane. Um, I spent, do we have any Twitter questions? Yeah, we've got loads of Twitter questions. But before we do, Dave, David, what are your transfer thoughts this week? I'm actually really stuck this week. I've got two free transfers and I have no idea what I want to do. It just depends on Sterling's minutes in the Champions League. I mean, Pep's been a bit vague on his appearance for Stoke. If I have any feeling that he's not going to be ready or not going to play, I'll probably take out Sterling. Who I bring in is either going to be Mares or I want to say Sigerson, but do I really want double Efton defence? So huh. I'm quite stuck, but I'm looking more towards um, Mares in for Sterling. And maybe save the other one to analyse more towards close to 31, see yeah, what I can do. Yeah, I suppose that's a really hard choice at the moment because because of the teams in game week 31, there's not many great options which are, are playing decent teams this week. So exactly, yeah. you bring them in. I mean, like Everton would be the only one. I mean, they do have Stoke away uh, in game week 31, but Brighton at home, maybe they can get a, a big score. Like Siggy, like you say, could be a good option. So no, a tough choice though. But I mean, you could see some points there from Mahrez or maybe a Chelsea player. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most likely it's going to be Siggy or um, or Mahrez. Chelsea players uh, who I'd want midfield uh, probably Hazard, but obviously I can't afford Willian. I just don't trust his minutes. As soon as he stops scoring, he, his minutes go a bit funny with uh, Conte. So. Yeah, I wouldn't risk it with a Chelsea player. How about, how about an Arsenal? Oh, no, I'll shut up. Arsenal, no. Not, not yet, not yet. Okay, have you got any transfers you're making, Iceman? Uh, I'm actually going to hold this week and uh, probably do three transfers next week in terms of bringing in a game with 31 players. Okay, well, I've, uh, I've still had uh, Phil Jones, so I'm going to be looking to swap that around with uh, game week 31 in mind. Who for? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to ponder this pod and then uh, go for it. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, okay, right, let's try again. Twitter questions? Yeah, so we've got a few. We've got one here from Justin Dyes just saying, not a Game Week 30 specific question, but do you guys think that the current BPS awards points correctly or is it part of the FPL that needs to address and retooled? So what are your, what are your thoughts on the current BPS system and how it works? I mean, like you're looking at Aubameyang who got three bonus points in the last game because he obviously got the goal. He didn't deserve it because I watched the game and he wasn't involved as much as you could have been, didn't have as many shots on goal, etc. Uh, what are your thoughts on the BPS system at the moment, David? I'm not really a big fan of it. I think it definitely, definitely needs a lot of tweaking um, to get it right. They haven't changed it in the last couple of seasons, even though there's been a lot of um, a lot of complaints. Um, for example, you know, there's quite a lot you can just point out off the top of my head, like Butland getting that three points, you know, conceding, scoring their own goal. 
Um, I can, the other one I the can other defend day. that one though. I think that's uh, yeah. that's defendable. Yeah, because he did get a load of recoveries and a load of saves as well. Those stats added up. I mean, the the own goal is uh, is one mistake, and that did get taken off of his BPS score. It's just that no one else that particular game week was scoring very high, so he was. Uh, it wasn't actually that that much. I think it was like twenty three. I, I think that that one is defendable. The likes of the Aubameyang one, and uh, what was the other one, Tosin? Was he... No, I was going to mention um, Laporte against uh, the Man City defender against Chelsea. They won 1-0. He, he nicked a bonus. I mean, how much did he even see of the ball? Chelsea didn't even attack. They didn't have a shot on target. They hardly even went to Man City's half, so yeah, uh, I'm sure he's right. completed some passes you know, to Otamendi, who were three metres away, and then back and forth, and got his pass count up, so... I think it just needs to be looked at a bit more properly in terms of that. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, the only thing is with the uh, the bonus point system is that they discount for shots off target and I think they do for big chances missed. And I, I think it's right that they they subtract for big chances missed, but not for shots off target. I think that uh, because they don't give any points for shots on target. So I think you should just be penalised for the big chances missed. And if the uh, expected goals is above 0.5, uh, which I, I kind of assume a big chance is, but not for the, the shots off target. So I think they should they should add more for the likes of um, central defensive midfielders. For the likes of Kante would actually be a good option. It's not just as not just attacking threat because then it would actually create more options for for FPL and it's going to be a little less templatey because sometimes the teams do get quite templatey. Where if, if you've got the likes of maybe Kante constantly scoring like four points a game because he's getting the extra bonus point for all the tackles and interceptions that he's making and pass completion or something something like that and it creates him as another option i think it's best that fpl create as many options as they can within the game and not just make it about assists and goals and clean yeah, i agree with that because it will remove the template like that and just makes it more you know more fun and challenging everyone have different teams different ways of approaching the game and you know yeah. like you said with the shots off target they're kind of you know punishing positive play which is you know that's, that's the wrong thing too because football's about scoring goals at the end of the day so you want you want attempts on goal, even if they go off target, at least the striker's having attempts on goal instead of like Aubameyang getting three when he had you know, probably one shot and didn't do anything else. Yeah. And he's getting the bonus because he didn't take any shots off target, whereas Kane will have you know, 20 shots in a game. And even though they're off target, he's getting the ball, he's shooting, which is what his job is at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think because it's like harder to score than it is to make a tackle, that the striker's... Sh- still should benefit from those BPS uh, for a goal. But like the inactivity, just say like Aubameyang, he wasn't involved that much. So I think that that should be penalised too. So maybe like if you do go like a certain amount of time without a shot or something like that. I know it could take a whole like rehaul over it all and it could take a long time to perfect. But I do think it, it needs to be looked at. And it's not perfect, but I don't think that it's completely um i don't think it's completely rubbish i think it still has its positives in in terms of awarding bonus points to strikers and midfielders for these certain things but it just needs to be brushed up a little bit further bully what's what's your thoughts are you in agreement or disagreement with any of the points no i I definitely agree it's um it's something that i still find frustrating because it does take about a third of the players effectively non choosable just because although they're good footballers and they do contribute 
like you say, as soon as a player scores a couple of goals, that's it, it's job done. Yeah. They definitely need to find a way of weighting it towards, like you say, those less obvious things people do in a game, but still makes them great players. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much agreeing with you today. I definitely think it needs a shake-up. Because actually then, like you say, you could pick Kante, you could pick the, the holding midfielders. Um, you know, someone like Granit Xhaka, who plays every game for Arsenal, or, um, you know, your Matic's, who puts in a shift, but then, you know, you just you just don't go for him. So, yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I've played as central defensive midfielder. And because I work really hard up and down the pitch, I work about five times as hard as the man who's playing just ahead of me. And the only reason he's playing just ahead of me is because he can't tackle and he can't get back. And like, he's going to benefit from those assists just because he's right up there. But if I was, if I was right up there, then I would benefit from those assists, but I don't get to benefit from the tackles and things. So I think that that's where FPL should be more of a football related game in general, not just an attacking stats where that's where the real kind of analysis comes in from a player. So then you get to, to study the likes of Kante, the likes of Dembele for Tottenham, who always has a great game. And then you can start picking these teams. I like it, Iceman. So it sounds like your your bonus points are being affected by your position this season. Yeah, I mean, I could do with some more bonus points this season. That's why I'm a bit angry, yeah. Right, <laughs> moving on. So we've got one here from uh, Eugene. He's saying, what do, you, what do you very realistically expect from Game Week 31? Strange question. David, do you want to answer that one? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game week. I mean, there's only one one decent team in there. Let's be honest, it's going to be Liverpool and everyone's going to have Salah captain. Everyone's going to have Firmino and everyone's going to have either Mane or a defender. So it's going to be a very hard week to gain, you know, in the overall ranks. It's, it's more, I mean, you could drop if you kind of don't load up on the 31 players and they do well. You know, if people have Huddersfield defenders or Bournemouth, um, you know, and they do well, then you could see red arrows. But if you've got the main players covered, um, I wouldn't, you know, recommend taking more than one hit. One hit's enough because then obviously you've got one or two free transfers and one hit, which could obviously be two points because you're going to, your player's going to play. So, you know, that's already two points gained back. But I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't try and feel the full 11 if you're not going to use your free hit. Because let's be honest, the teams are in there, FPL wise, are rubbish. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's just, just don't, don't go crazy, don't, don't panic, and just look ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, this kind of answers the the question from Mo Hazari. He's just saying, is it best to go all, all in or hedge our bets in defence? For example, he's got Lossil and Bauer. Should he look to get another Stoke or Huddersfield defender in or spread the risk? I suppose it depends on how many transfers you've got. Like you say, I'm thinking about taking a minus four, maybe a minus eight. Because there is that option of you kind of considering it as just a two-point hit. It just depends who you go for. The, the teams aren't great and the options are not regular scorers. That's the problem is that you've not got options which are constantly scoring FPL points. So you could you could bring in the right ones and then they could score high. But you could bring in the wrong ones and then you just, yeah, you're just not going to gain much at all like you said. Brilliant. Yeah, if you're that kind of manager that likes, you know, going going for it, taking hits, you don't mind taking hits. I think it's got to be for an attacker because obviously they've got you know higher ceiling of points and they can easily get a goal assist or a brace or anything. But taking a hit for a defender in terms of the teams available, it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good points from you there, David. So uh, we've got another one here. Another, it's not really a question, but uh, just a comment from FPL Sexy. He's saying, please mention my bet. 
dunked to score any time was 16 to 1. And this sexy man drunkenly 160 in his pocket from a cool $10 by the looks of it. So well done, FPL Sexy. Thanks for including that in our questions. That's a hell of a bet considering Duncan not scored all season and all he was scoring his own goals. But well done. Also had another one here from FPL Fly. Um, David, will you please change your team up a bit and stop selecting the same captain as me as I'm finding it impossible to chase you down when our, when our squads are 90% identical? Be a pal. Yeah, let's keep it that way. If we've got the same players, then I'll stay on top. (laughs) Good shout. Good shout. Another one here from uh, the editor at FPL Editor is saying, what three players would you like to own for Blank Game Week 31 that you don't already own? And there's a couple of people here, uh, David Hunter and John Bowden. It's just saying, Mane, King, Van Lepara, Daniels, Stanislas and King. Someone's a, a Bournemouth fan lover there. What are your What are your thoughts? If you had to own, if you're getting three in, David, which one... Which three would you choose for the blank game week? Um, well, I've got three Liverpools already, so it'll be from the rest of the team. So I'll one Stanislas and Ake and Sigurdsson. And Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson, yeah. I'm actually in agreement there with, with all of them. The only thing is I do have Stanislas, so I'm going to change him for Ben Teke. Bully, who, who are your three? What I don't have now. Um, I think I'd, pro- I'd want Ake from Bournemouth. Yeah. I do actually fancy an Everton player, so I probably would go for a Siggy. Yeah. Um, I, before I came on this podcast, I really actually fancied a Huddersfield player as well. Now you're talking, I now we spoke, and I feel less good about that. So I think <laughs> Shakiri would be my, my other one, my third choice that I don't have. Okay. Good, so less less good. I I actually kind of missing Pritchard there. He was really in my thoughts before I got Davis in this week, and I was thinking about moving Ruben Loss's cheek out for him. But I have heard that Ruben Loss's cheek is back in training, so there's a potential that he could get back in the team. I doubt that they'll play, but for that reason, I may actually just hold him. I would have mentioned Crouch, but I've already got him, so can't really mention that. <laughs> yeah, oh, Berahino is an option. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, got another one here from Shilton Benjamin. He's just saying, hello, guys. Uh, question on Chelsea. Are you expecting a strong reaction from them against Palace this week after a negative approach against Man City? Are Palace broken now after a late loss to United? If so, do you think Hazard or Alonso would be good captain options? this week David opinions on that one um, I love Alonso as a player I've still got him but I would never captain him you just don't know when his points are going to come they could be against anyone so I would never captain Alonso um, Hazard could be a good differential captain if you're looking to climb up the ranks if you're you know if you want to play it safe then you just kind of have to go for Kane because he's going to be the most highly owned captain yeah. but Hazard, Hazard will be a good shot because I think he'll be back on the wing where he's more effective uh, I think Chelsea will play most likely Drew but he could even start Morata but Hazard could be a good one, but I wouldn't captain defender. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And we've lost Pete again. Hello. Oh, he's back. <laughs> it, literally, it's it's bad, but it's never usually this bad. This is outrageous. outrageous. It is outrageous. We, I'm just going to continue from this point. Yeah, just crack on. We've um, we've just listed. We've done the last question, so we're more or less finished now for the questions. So thanks for your questions, guys. Really appreciate them. Keep them coming every week. 
Beautiful. Um, before we finish, Iceman, is there anything in the box, the feedback box? Yes, there is. I, we didn't do it last week because we both forgot. But I'm just bringing up the feedback box now. Uh, so we've got Bald Eagle who said, Agreed, great podcast once again, and great guests as always. Love the Salah Kane stats Iceman brought up. But he's still going Salah. So well done, Bold Eagle. You chose the right captaincy there. So yeah, thanks for your feedback there, Bold Eagle. Unfortunately, Bully has been constantly going offline and we can't seem to get him back on. So we're just going to finish up here and, uh, and finish the pod all together. We'd just like to thank David. Thanks for coming on. Been a great guest. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good having you on. Uh, hopefully we'll get you on again sometime. Uh, so just to let the listeners know how you can get in contact with us, we have a Patreon page where you can support us. It's patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. Uh, and if you're not interested in that, you can go onto our website and just check us out there, fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, Reddit. You can up the pod on there. And if you want to send me an email i check the email so if you want to send loads of spam and loads of hate mail it's ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com and if you want to join the league which david just has has got into third place it's 1173-455 so thanks again for listening and we will speak to you next week Nice pod, David. Well done. Cheers. Nice one. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, he's played 42 games. Um, oh, we've lost someone. That Pete. Did we lose you, Pete? We did. Probably. For God's sake. What's going on with him? <laughs>